is up, everybody? This is Sports in the Brain, and I am your humble host, Mondo. And it is here. The night is upon us. The 2022 National Football League Draft. And I've got Tunde in the house to talk Jets with me and some Giants. And we're just going to dig into the top of that draft. (laughs) It's going to be good. And we might even throw in a little bonus about these NBA playoffs and (laughs) that team from Brooklyn that just got their butts whooped. Come on. I got to love it. Strap in and let's get it on. I got to love the Twitterverse, man. Meet me there, Sports on the Brain. And just in case you guys don't know, Tunde says a dirty word in this one. Not my fault. As I'm editing this episode, I've just decided to make an executive decision. And uh, we're not going to do a whole bit on the NBA playoffs and stuff. This is about the NFL draft and the Giants and the Jets and all that good stuff and Tunde in the house. But we're going to talk about that on another episode, a little bonus episode maybe. So stay tuned. But let me just say this. The Nets just got swept in the first round, and that's awesome. But if you're a Knicks fan, like a real Knicks fan, (laughs) oh, man, that's really, really, really awesome. And I love it. No apologies necessary. And on with the show. Yeah, go ahead, man. Tell me about the... What are you expecting as as a diehard Jets fan? What what do the Jets need to do, and what do you think? What do you think they're going to do? What do you what do you want them to do, and what do you think they're going to do? Is it the same or not? Well, I have to throw the caveat in there because there's always a, there's something ho- hovering over right now, which is that Debo potential trade. So, are we keeping our picks, or are we are we trading? What scenario are we looking at? What's it? Well, once again, what do you want to happen, and what do you think Joe Douglas is going to do? So, so, so that's two different possible scenarios. Well, it's not necessarily what Joe Douglas. It's also what John Lynch is wanting to do too. It's got it takes two to tangle. Right, right. No, I, I no, I, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. I mean, I think that you know, you know, uh, San Francisco is they're saying all the right things. There's no way that they're ever going to trade him, and all that says is we're going to trade him for the right price. We're not giving him away. Right. Which I which I wouldn't, and I think right now, I mean, this is you. You sent me a text earlier today about like if if something's going to happen now is the time for it to happen, just so teams know what they have and they can start kind of really really trying to get their get their draft board board, board right. in order, you know. But that being said, I mean, if if you've got you know if you're going to do it the way that I think I think most successful teams do is you have you have your board, so no matter where you pick, when that player is there, you're going to take him. Um, especially if you're trading a, trading a wide out, but I, but I understand. I, I think that's something. If something's going to happen, it should happen now. But it might happen at seven o'clock on Thursday night too. Um, but it could. I, I think I think that Lynch has proven himself to be a pretty good GM, and I also think that he's old school, and he doesn't. And and that's kind of one of the reasons why they've had Garoppolo for so long. You know, I mean, he's he's Jimmy Garoppolo is not like one of the better quarterbacks in the league. 
Right. But you ain't getting any problems out of him. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a stand-up guy. You're going to get a good guy. He's liked in the locker room. You know, he's a, he's. He, I mean, he's a pretty good leader. I, I, I from what I'm seeing, he's mm-hmm. just not. He's just not one of the top talented quarterbacks in the league. And I think uh, Debo is a potential headache, even if they keep him, because he wants to get paid, and he should get paid. But I'm not so sure if John Lynch is uh, the kind of GM that wants to deal with that kind of headache. Especially from a, especially from a skill position where you figure that you could probably fill through the draft, and you tell me, but is Joe Douglas the kind of GM that wants to bring that on board? Because you guys jettisoned a pretty, you know, top tier talent that has at his position a couple of years and went to Seattle. That turned out to be a pretty good move, you know, because he was becoming a bit more of a whether it's a headache or a prima donna or just a distraction. So I'll give you my, I'll give you my opinion on the situation. Go ahead. This is a pivotal year for Joe Douglas. And the reason why I say that this is really his third, this is his third year. But if you think about it, it's really his second year with this coaching staff in place. I will give him a mulligan for his first draft because at the time his, who is his head coach? Adam Gase. And he wasn't in lock and step with Adam Gase from a player perspective. And so from that draft class with the schemes that the Jets were running at that time, I have to give him a mulligan on that. And it's his first draft as a GM, right? And what's the success rate on draft picks as a GM? What is it? 35, 40% at best. Right. And so he, he was average that year, but last year he gets Robert Sala as his head coach. He has a tremendous scouting department. We have a, a good coaching uh, staff set in place. So they planned for the draft last year. And they had a, a so far, it appears to be a, a good draft for the New York Jets. First time in years that we've had a decent draft. But it all will hinge on Zach Wilson panning out to be the quarterback that we all believe as Jet fans he will be. And so Joe Douglas. This is the year that this organization, it is pivotal that we get it correct because we have a lot of young talent that appears to be real talent that still needs to be developed and coached. And then we have nine draft picks. And with the free agency that we had this year, we're moving in the right direction. And if he gets this draft wrong, it could set us back. And so Joe Douglas's philosophy is to build through the draft. He's not signing high price free agents. So he values these draft picks. And so if there's going to be a potential Debo trade, I trust in Joe D. I've told you that over the last two years, and especially over this last year, I trust in his ability to make trades and not sell out. Like we've had other GMs in the past that we just gave up picks to get a player past their prime. And so you got a young Debo who's 26 years old. Joe Douglas says we need to do everything that we can to support this young quarterback. And if that means fortifying the line, if it means finding weapons for Zach Wilson, that's what he's going to do, but he's not going to overpay. And so if we make a deal with San Francisco, I can see it being for like at the worst case scenario, the 10th pick and maybe a, third or fourth round next year and a, and a player. I don't think he's going to give up more than that 
because right now this team needs talent and we need talented players. And in a draft where you don't have a lot of blue chip players, but you have a lot of really, really good players. And with nine picks, he's got to do some real damage and get some quality players. And so if we have the fourth pick, I honestly see him fortifying the line right now for, for Zach Wilson. One of Joe D's mentors is Ozzie Newsom, right? And one of his philosophies that he learned was what can be a luxury pick today can be a necessity next year. We don't know what's going to happen with Makai Becton. Is he going to continue to be hurt? Is he going to be overweight? And so as a result, you know, I think he's going to fortify this offensive line with the fourth pick with either um, uh, Neil from Alabama or who's the guy from um, South Carolina State or North Carolina State. I keep messing them up. Um, the dude that whose name I cannot pronounce, but they call him Icky. Icky, so, yes. Akeem, Akeem, Akeem or Akeem Ekwonu. <laughs> so we're just going to call Icky. And this is no disrespect, dude. I'm just really butchering your name. But yeah, the uh, the stud. Icky. Yes. Yeah, this is just go with Icky, the stud, stud tackle from NC State. And dude, so if we select that, I mean, this is this will be the best offensive line that we have had since when we had Nick Mango, Alan Fanica, Damian Woody. Um, oh man, what's I'm having a forty and slip with the other guy. Uh, but this would be our best offensive line in years. And if we can protect Nick Mangold, I said that already. Okay, just checking. Um, if we can protect Zach Wilson and give him time, and then provide him with the weapons that he needs. We're going to build this team that way and add uh, defensive players later on in the draft because it's a deep draft for, for defensive ends and cornerbacks and even linebackers. And so I can see us going offense with potentially our first two picks. If we keep the 10th pick, if there is a defensive end and if especially Jerome Johnson falls to 10, I think they're snatching him up. But I don't think he's going to last to 10. I think you guys can take him at seven. Um, or somebody else can take him before he falls to 10. And so first round, often first pick at number four, offensive line, our second pick at 10. If there's that defensive end, we take them. If not, um, I can see them actually going wide receiver. Hmm. That's interesting. So what do you think about your Giants at five and seven? What do you think they're going to do? <clears throat> well, I mean, I, th I think I think we have – very very similar needs we talked about it all year all year long and i think that definitely when you look at so many of the mock drafts are out there i mean you take those i mean top it's not even just the top three players but top five to seven players and you see them all over the place i mean i mean when you're when you're talking about like let's let just like looking at the edge rushers i mean i watched them every i watched them all year long um you know, the defensive end from Georgia, Trayvon Walker, is just a stud. I love him. Um, Aiden Hutchison, defensive end from Michigan, stud. Um, and then we've got the kid from Florida State, Jermaine Johnson. And I mean, and then we got, what's his name? Uh, who's, what, what's, what's his name? Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau um, from Oregon. Now, depending on what draft you're looking at, all of those guys are picked anywhere between one and nine. 
in a, in a variety of scenarios. Like, like I mean, like Trayvon Walker in one draft is number one, uh, and and in, in that same draft, Thibodeau is number nine going to the to the Seahawks. You know, and you're like, wow, what's going on there? And uh, and then you look at you know, obviously the offensive lineman, and that's who we're gonna that's who we're gonna take at five. You know, I I I I think that no matter what happens. One of their and 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 the kid Cross has been moving up the board from Mississippi State, right? So, so you've got the tackle from Mississippi State, Charlie Cross. You've got the tackle from Alabama, Evan Neal, and then you got Icky from NC State. One of those dudes is going to be there at five, and the guy that they have rated on the rated highest on the board that's who we're going to take and that's who i want to take at five you know what i heard an interesting thing about cross and if he's a potential opportunity for the giants uh, at five or seven is that uh cross is a pure left tackle right and he doesn't play any other position and so if you draft cross say at seven um you have andrew thomas that has been playing that played well for you last year and he's a left tackle and so you know what do you do? Do you move Thomas or do you move Cross to play your right tackle spot? You know, or do you or do you put Cross at left guard? I mean, I I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, if if someone's played exclusively left tackle, um, in college at a Power Five conference, he's probably your best offensive lineman. You know, and if he's your best offensive lineman, I think if you had to, especially in the in the first year, you could probably move him someplace on the line if you had to right. or listen I, I don't care who the starting left tackle is if it's andrew thomas if it's icky if it's the kid cross i don't care whoever the best player is and this is this is one of the this is one of the bonuses with a new regime new gm new head coach you know the guys that are there st- still have to prove themselves unless there's nobody on the giants that has like card blanche that shows up and is like yeah i'm the starter i mean except daniel jones and even in that case it's kind of by default right you know so um so my ta- gm is taking an offensive lineman at five right i am taking whoever we have is the highest rated offensive lineman on our board that's available at five that is who i am taking let me ask you a question though what if you have a higher rated player at a different position available to you at five? Do you go to that old philosophy of taking the best, highest rated player on your board, knowing that you could also potentially land one of those linemen at seven? I I, I just I just don't think that like, you know, I mean, I guess you could, but I, I just don't see how they have another position group in there that's more important than offensive line right now. You know, I, I just like, you know, like even if like there's going to be a really good edge rusher there at five. Right. There's, we need a really good edge rusher, but I want a really good offensive lineman first. All then right. give me the edge rusher. So if that edge rusher, I would put it this way. I'd rather take the offensive lineman at five and hope that that edge rusher is there at seven as opposed to the other way around. Makes sense. That's that. That's the way that I look at it because I think you're going to get it. There's still there's going to be another offensive lineman. There's going to be a, a Sauce Gardner at cornerback going to be there um, at seven, 
Or is there one of those edge rushers that maybe drops up? Because who knows? There's going to be some crazy, foolish team that is going to go up there and get a, get themselves a quarterback. Right. It's, it's just going to happen. So what do you take at seven? Like I said, the best guy on the board. And if it's one of those edge rushers that are one of the best guys that we have rated, we have somebody that's rated seven or higher at seven, I would do it. I mean, if 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 all of our... If if the if all the guys that we had rated at seven or better are not on the board, then yeah, I would consider trading down. Kyle Hamilton is sitting there at seven. You take him? I don't know. I mean, I I th- I, th- I think that when you get when you get there, you know, you're, you there's no guarantees in the draft. I just think that though that 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 group that's kind of spread out from three to four to five to now seven or so players. I think those are going to be the ones outside of some surprise that kind of jumps in there, like and probably a quarterback. I'm, I'm taking one of those guys there. If, if no one is there, I mean, yeah, I'd be open to Hamilton, but I'm thinking at that point you're getting phone calls from people, you know, and if we can trade out a seven and not go too far back and get another first rounder, like we did last year. I mean, one of the few really good things that our former GM did, you know, yeah, I would, I, I would, I would do that too. But I, I, like you, you know, you said, you said this draft is really, really going to be, this is such an important draft, you know, for Joe Douglas. Well, I mean, it, it is too for the Giants. Now, granted, it's, it's not going to cost anybody's job at this point. But when you're picking this high, I just don't think that you can swing and miss. Yeah, you need to at least get uh, two starting players at five and seven for you. Yeah, the I mean the way that the way that the league is now, the way that the draft is now. I mean, come on, let's look at let's look at the teams: Georgia, Michigan, NC State, Florida State, Alabama, Mississippi State. You know, you throw in Cincinnati in there. Gardner is just I think he's an outlier. You know, Ohio State. You know, I mean, all these guys are coming from. Power five conferences. So you know, you know that they've been playing against the best talent on the at least on the college level. And then you're saying, well, how how does that translate? And I think that's the I think that's the reason why the kid from from Oregon, Thibodeau. Is that really how you pronounce his name, Thibodeau? Yes, that's what they've been saying. All right, Thibodeau. So I mean Thib- I see the Thibodeau or Thibodeau, one of the two. Right. It's something like our next coach, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's you pick one. You're like a Thibodeau, Thibodeau, it's, I don't know, same thing. Tibbs. Call him Tibbs. <laughs> right. So I think that's the whole thing. That kid, I'm gonna stay away from. That would be the one dude I'm not drafting with five or seven. You know, they they had a they were interviewing him tonight and he made an interesting case. And um one of the the um scouts basically said you know what do you tell coaches or you know other media members when they say hey listen you've been this kid since you were a senior in high school in your rookie year but when you we look at your stats from last year it's not adding up to what you think it would be and so he he made uh his response was one i got injured i missed three games last year I missed another game for, um, uh, what do you call it? Targeting with the helmet. Right. So he missed four games. And then in the other games that he played in, not only was he coming back from an injury, but there was never that other defensive end 
on the other side. And so they schemed against him for the whole season. And so if you think about like Aiden Hutchinson, who did he have on his side, the other defensive end? I don't know. Uh, Ojabu, right? The guy that got hurt? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. You look at um, Georgia. Who are the two two defensive ends for Georgia? And so he didn't have any help on the defensive line other than himself. And so when you count the the missed games due to injury, coming back from the injury, and then nobody really stepping up on that line except for him, they schemed around him. So that's why his production was down last year. So that's what he's telling coaches. Uh, You know what? Listen, if the Giants pick him in, in, in the first round on Thursday night, then I'm all on board. I'm with you. You know, I mean, really, I mean, whoever, whoever the Giants pick, you know, when it comes down to it, because if you guys are listening to this, <laughs> you're talking, you're listening to two dudes who are diehard Giants and Jets fans and, and not the half glass empty ones. So whoever we pick, I'm going to be like, all right, fine. I, I believe that this front office and this coaching staff have a reason for taking this player, because you know what, just as you were saying that I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? As far as the Giants go this year, um, you know, there's a big difference. We have a defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale who plays an incredibly aggressive defensive scheme. So if Thibodeau is that cat that fits into this scheme, right? Because of his whatever, maybe because what who what would a lot of people you know view his attitude as a negative? That Wink Martindale is like, oh no, yeah, I need some dude like that here, someone who who really, really believes that he's like the baddest dude in the draft, and he's gonna come in here and try to light things up. Okay, then you know what? Maybe that's the case. So once again, there's so many things going on, and I'm, I'm as we're talking, I'm looking at, dude, I'm looking at the mock drafts between ESPN and Yahoo and Fox and all these places. And they're all over the place. They are. Nobody knows anything this they're year. All over the place. The dudes that have have been really relatively at the top of the board recently, in recent days, have been Trayvon Walker from Georgia and Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. And um and Trayvon Walker just made it this week because prior to that it was Aiden Hutchinson for the last right. couple of weeks. Right, and 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 Evan Neal, and and this is the ESPN latest draft, and I forgot who it's by. It's by one of their five thousand people that think they know what they're talking about when it comes to to football. Um, they have Evan Neal going to you guys at four, and they have what's his name, Icky, dropping all the way down to the nine to the Seahawks. I don't see that. <laughs> I mean, I don't see that either. So I mean, maybe I don't know what this dude is drinking or smoking, but. But they have Derek Stingley Jr. as the first cornerback coming up off the board at number three to the Texans. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean. Here's the interesting thing about that, and you said it earlier, and I think Joe Douglas would be the same thing with the Giants. If we're sitting at 10, just like you guys are sitting at 7, if another team sees a player that they want, they're going to try and jump back into into the top 10. And so they're talking about two teams that have the draft capital to do that and have done that in the past. And one is the Philadelphia Eagles. So that would be interesting to see if the Eagles would be willing to deal with the Giants and make a trade to trade up to the seventh pick. 
or do they go back on relationship with Joe Douglas with his days back with, with Philly and trade into the top 10? Just curious to see what kind of draft capital that would be in the other team, which is interesting that they said could potentially try and trade into the top 10 is an AFC team, right? With a pretty good quarterback. And that's the Baltimore Ravens. It mm-hmm. looks like they have 10, 10 picks in this draft this year that wow. they would be willing to, you know, trade some of that to get up to get a player that they may want. And so Philly, Philly has 10 too, but it's crazy. The Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs both has 12 picks in this draft. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it, it, there's there's so many things that could happen. And like I said, I'm I'm all for we don't have one as as far as the Giants go. There's no one hole to fill. I think that I think the only pick. I mean, unless unless someone just gives you some one of these ridiculous like Minnesota giving you 500 draft picks to the Dallas Cowboys for Herschel Walker, who I love. But was not worthy of that dra- that <laughs> that draft that draft capital, right? You know, if, if someone makes you an offer that you just can't review refuse, then yeah, you you know you make the deals, and 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 you kind of you know you 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 know you you do it the best that you can with the picks that you got. But, um, I mean, just to kind of like to kind of put a bow on it for 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 me as far as the Giants go, I just don't see how, and there could be somebody in there. But I just don't see how that if we stay put at five and seven, that we don't we don't walk away with a tackle and an edge edge rusher there. Even if the kid Sauce Gardner is there, I like it. Um, you know, I mean, he he had no one scored a touchdown on him in college. That's college, <laughs> you know, you know. And so I'm not saying that he's not going to be a great player. Listen, if you get a Hall of Fame cornerback, then I'll take him. But. I, I, I think just you know just just for the uh, for for the for the immediate need and the impact, um, it, it has to be a tackle and it has to be a, an edge rusher. And I think that's what the Giants are going to walk away with on Thursday. Which which one of the two we're going to get? That I don't know. I hope that people lose their mind and Trayvon Walker falls to five. If he's at five. I'm scooping that cat up, you know, right, <laughs> well, right, right away. Well, you know, the interesting thing they said is that the 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 real point in this draft where it can get interesting is actually at pick three with Houston. Nobody knows what Houston's going to do. They have so many needs right now that you could pick any position and they have a need for it right now. And so, you know, do they cornerback? Do they go offensive line? Do they go edge rusher? Do they go wide receiver? You know, it's it's pretty interesting. So I, I'm really curious as to see what Houston's going to do with their pick. You know, just to kind of take it, just to kind of go with what you're saying right now. I'm going to go through, like, say, the first five picks or the seven picks, and I'll be like, this is who they should – this is the, at least the position that they should take. If they, if all these teams, one through seven, don't make any trades and they stay put, this is who, position-wise, I think they should take, and then maybe you can give me your feet on it. Because Jacksonville, at number one, um, I'm all about taking the uh, – they, they, they did a good job in the offseason by, by fixing up that offensive line. I'm taking the number one edge rusher on my board, and uh, I, I think it's going to be Trayvon Walker. I, I just think I think that it's going to be. So I, w- I would take an edge rusher with Jacksonville. If I'm the Lions with Dan Campbell there and what they're trying to build there and the attitude, I'm taking an edge rusher there too. And Michigan it makes sense. I mean, it's it's no surprise. They're on the draft boards. I mean, home, home state kid, Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson for, to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm taking him too. Now the Texans, 
like you said, they have so many, so much need. And I think that with the uncertainty and what they're trying to do, if they stay at three, I'm taking an offensive lineman because you don't know who your quarterback's going to be. You don't know who, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe if, if you have your quarterback now, well, obviously he's a young kid and you're, you're, you're growing him right now. I don't think they, they don't have some like superstar quarterback there. Right. So I, I'm taking an offensive lineman knowing that, you know what, I could let this offensive lineman develop and that once again, as the way that we've always talked about building from inside out, that build that offensive line so that when you do have the opportunity, if you still suck for the next couple of years, because next year's draft is supposed to be a pretty good quarterback draft. Right. You know, that that you that you can put the things the put the pieces in place so that when you do get the quarterback, you've got an offensive line in front of him. Um for those New York Jets, uh if you guys take an offensive lineman, I think it'll be scary. Because you guys have such a pretty good offensive line already. I think that you're just and I would actually consider doing it. You're you're just trying to go ahead in there and be like, we're 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 looking to create the best offensive lineman, the best offensive line in the league, so that even while Zach Wilson is developing, whoever we have back there at running back is going to be pretty good, just because our offensive line is so dominant. Right. That being said, I think you guys are going to take an edge rusher. You know, and uh, at five, all things being even. Give me, just give me the best tackle on the board at the Giants. Number six, the Panthers. That's going to be interesting because they need a quarterback. I mean, I don't care what they say about Sam Darnold. I'm not even inviting <laughs> Baker Mayfield to my facility. You know, they do not have a quarterback. This is where something interesting, I think, happens with a quarterback. This is where I think that the Panthers, because – I don't think the Panthers are particularly well run. I think the Panthers could take a quarterback at number six. And if I, that I does, Bucky Brooks had them taking um, Malik Willis in his latest mock draft. I, I would not be surprised. So if that happens there, that makes things all interesting because all of a sudden now that offensive lineman and that cornerback and that safety – all get pushed back. Yep. Right into right into the Giants' lap. And if I have a choice between a cornerback and an edge rusher, and they're both studs, you know, I'm taking that that edge rusher. But you know what? I mean, and I, I don't think that they would. But if you t- if you get yourself an Evan Neal or an Icky at five, and Charlie Cross is there at seven, do the Giants take another offensive lineman at seven? Who's your starting offensive line as of as of today, right now? Our starting offensive line is Andrew Thomas. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. I think that's. I mean, I think that's it. I mean, like we've had we had so many injuries last year on the on the on the offensive line, and you know, I don't, I don't think I don't think that there's I don't think that there's any anybody there that um you know, that tells me. You know what? Yeah, this is going to be like, you know, these are going to be our our starters. I think that <sighs> g- give me a second to compose myself and think about who I, who I, who I, who I would keep at at offensive line, but I I mean, we had I mean, there were there were, there were so many guys. I mean, 
We had guys that were playing out of position last year. I mean, we had Nick Gates. I mean, could he be our center? Yeah, he could be our center. You know, was he good? Yeah, he was pretty good. We had John Feliciano. Was he good? Yeah, he was good. You know, but could he, like, not be starting for us next year? Yeah, probably. You know, so I think really the only person I'm I'm looking at that's guaranteed being on the starting offensive line is going to be Andrew Thomas. And I think that I have to think about who we signed in the in the offseason. But we picked up a couple guys, but we picked up guys at discounts. Right. So um I think I think overall taking two offensive linemen as as unattractive unattractive as it would be to the fans and the press if those are the two best dudes there yeah i mean we have matt pert you know i mean matt pert was like playing right tackle and then he wasn't you know and then um you know and we and we lost um you know a a, a couple guys so okay I that really i think that really andrew thomas is probably pretty much going to be the only guy that you can you can kind of pencil in there so um yeah, offensive lineman and edge rusher. So those are my top seven, seven picks for those teams. What do you think? Who I think be the top ten, top seven. Look top at the, seven. the top seven picks. What teams? What what? All right. So what position I, are those? What are they taking? I think the Jaguars are going to take either an edge rusher or an offensive lineman. Um, I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence, and goes back to the same thing when I talk about Zach Wilson. You want to build an offensive line to support your quarterback. You don't want him running for his life. You want him to be able to, you know, step back in the pocket, scan the field, and hit the open receiver. So you need time. And so I think either offensive lineman or defensive end is, is what they're going to go for edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Number two, Detroit's going edge rusher all the way. If Aiden Hutchinson is there, they're snapping him up. Kayvon mm-hmm. Thibodeau is there. I think they're taking him. So I think he's going to be going. Uh, they're taking defensive and edge rusher at two. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I really can't get a read on Houston. I, I really can't. I mean, they're just really all over the place. They have a tremendous amount of needs. And so I don't really know their uh, team that well enough to say, hey, they got this and they got that. They have a ton of holes right now. So any position, I would say, other than safety, uh, they, they can go after, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. With us at number four, I think it's either going to be offensive line or defensive end, like you said. And there are there's some buzz talking about how the Jets could take Jermaine Johnson with the fourth pick as the defensive mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. And so don't be surprised if, if that happens at four, which would be great for you because then you might get the first pick of, of any offensive lineman. If, right. So you could probably get two. Could you imagine if Icky fell to you at five and you got Neil at seven? Oh, I, that, I, 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 put put me to bed. That that would that I'll be okay with that. And anyone that complains with those two picks, that you need to go go someplace else. Oh, yeah. So you know, I do see us going O line or edge rusher because the last time we had a double digit sack edge rusher was Muhammad Wilkinson. Muhaka. Yes. And after that, it was Sean Ellis. And then after that, it was John Abraham. So we, we've we had some deficiencies in, in rushing uh, the passer. So um, number five, I see you guys going offensive line. I don't think you're going to do anything else. That's going to be who you guys go for. Um, six, like you said, the Panthers. 
I don't really think they'll take a quarterback. Um, they could use an offensive lineman. Um, they could go cornerback. But, uh, I mean, they have a good defense anyway, but I just can't get a good read on what the Panthers may do. Uh, but that could be the first surprise of the draft, what the Panthers decide to do with that sixth pick if they do go quarterback. Um, and then the seventh pick, I think you guys go defensive end or, or cornerback. I agree. So very excited, ready to see what this draft will, will look like. The drama's there. The hype is already there. Already in Vegas, it's going to be a show. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, definitely will be. Are you so? Are you going to be locked in? Are you going to be sitting there ready when it goes ding, ding, ding? Uh, you know, and they, they and then that doofus of a commissioner opens up the NFL draft. Are you going to be sitting there with bated breath watching that entire first round? I will be there live. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm a, I'm as excited about a about a draft as uh, I've been in a long, long time. And if you're a Giants fan out there, if you're a Jets fan out there, I mean, how could you not be? Because you know, uh, as tough as things have been, and just from a strictly from a Giants perspective, as as, as terrible as we've been, pretty much for a decade, you know, you, you just got to figure that if, if if you if you do, you do hit on your picks, or at least, or at least you know, some you know, you know, you said you said something like thirty percent of first round picks, but if you can get lucky and you know get those hit on those first two picks. You know, then you really, really do have an opportunity to kind of to change things around. Because at the end of the day, for the Giants, not so much for the Jets, but for the Jets, it's it's about the quarterback. We got to protect our quarterback. You want to see what they could do, you know. And uh, there's a lot of other things we could talk about. So many other positions, but we just strictly talked about the draft. And uh, you know, I'm I'm sure like it'll probably be good to talk about talk about the draft maybe this weekend after things after the after the dust settles and stuff like that. And really, really have an opportunity to be like talk about who we got and what we, what we think about it, and kind of start to rate this draft like the five hundred million other people are going to be doing. Well, you know, there's two more things I have to, I, I want to point out about this draft too. Uh, the interesting thing one and and one interesting thing is from a Jets perspective, Joe Douglas has proven that he likes to trade, whether he trades up or he trades back, and so with nine draft picks. You know, there is a scenario, that, who's to say that if they really like a player that's slipping in the first round, that they don't trade back into the first round because they have two number twos, two number threes, and I think two number fours or one mm -hmm. number four and two number fives. And so they could trade back late into the first round and grab a player that's starting to slip that they really love, you know. Um, and the other aspect to it is, is a lot of these teams – value picking a quarterback in the first round due to that fifth year option. And you can hold on to him longer with having, without having to pay him. So right. if some of these teams start to fall in love with these quarterbacks and they want to jump in, you know, to potentially the late first round or early second, those are another trade back scenarios that a, a team that has a high second round pick can't be afforded that option. Or if these quarterbacks, if people are jumping back into the first round to get quarterbacks late, then there may be some players that start to slip that you can get high into the second round that you would have thought would have been a first round player uh, draft pick. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 supposed to be a deep draft, and I mean, it proves out every single year. I mean, every single year you you get guys and 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 to the mid to later rounds that no one else was looking at, and uh, you either got lucky 
or your scouts in your front office office just did really really good homework and they were able to to uh to kind of nail that later later pick so yeah as much as we're looking at the top of the draft i think that you know for everybody you kind of look at the the entire draft so yeah i am definitely looking forward to thursday and uh i have one I mean, question i gotta ask you go for it and this is true I guess I, I just bleed green. All right. Uh, I, I have to admit it, but I didn't watch a lot, a lot of college football. Right. But one of the needs that we need that we have to get is a number one wide receiver. Right. Mm-hmm. If we keep the 10th pick and Jamison Williams falls, I mean, is there at 10? Is he worth that 10th pick? Jamison Williams? Yes. I mean, you could say yes because I mean it's 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 kind of hard to not take a skill position that played at Alabama. You know, I mean he's 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 he he's so good. Um yeah, he got hurt in the championship game. Right. You know, and uh but he's fast, he's explosive. Um I mean, if he's there at 10, I think I think I think his potential value might be it might be too hard to pass up at 10, you know, because we, we've, we've, we also, as much as, and I, I think this is like, this is the big shift in skill positions. I'll make it real quick is that as much as the running back position has been gradually devalued over the years. Um, and then for a while, the wide receiver position was kind of like, ah, eh, well, you could always get a wide receiver. You could always get a wide receiver. But that being said, yeah, you can always get a wide receiver, but you can't always get that legit can't miss number one receiver. Right. You know, that the 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 Tyreek Hill type of player, you know, that joystick player that you really, really want to get that has that combination of speed and like I said, explosiveness. So Jamison Wilson Williams was that was that kind of player at Alabama. And, you know, if he's recovered from the injury. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you, you, you need to get, keep on getting Zach Wilson weapons. So, I, well, who's your I, I number one wide receiver? If you had a board, you know, do you like Garrett Wilson, or would it be the Jamison Williams, or the Chris Olave, or the Drake London? I probably would. I, I probably would go with, uh, you know, with, uh, with Jamison Williams, just strictly because of the pedigree. Because he played at Alabama, he played against the best cornerbacks in the country. You know, he played against the best defenses in the country in the SEC. Right. Um, and uh, and Alabama's, you know, you know, they're, they're, it's always still kind of like, you know, Alabama doesn't. I don't care who's playing quarterback for Alabama. I'm not a big fan of Alabama quarterbacks. You know, they they they're they're good enough to deliver the ball to the playmakers and Jamison Williams was definitely a playmaker. So if I had to pick one quarterback, I mean, one wide receiver to come off the board and I wouldn't take him before 10, but he would be my first wide receiver off the board. All right. Just wanted to get your opinion on that. Since yeah. you watch a lot more college football than I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I would take him. I would be a little worried about it. Um, the only thing I, the reason I wouldn't take him is if that I just had a, if, if there was another person on my draft board, that was rated much higher than him, but if it was just kind of a push and they were about even, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to. I mean, you 
you know, once again, I mean, quarterback's the most important position in the league, but quarterback can't throw the ball to himself. Right. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. All right. Just want to get your opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a good opinion to get. Ooh, and the Memphis Grizzlies has defeated Minnesota. Ja, wow. with the game-winning layup. Wow. Those dang NBA playoff players. What else? Well, we'll talk. We don't have to talk about it right now. I don't want to ruin their show talking about the NBA. And Although, the Heat just beat the Hawks. Yeah, yeah baby. So that's good. Yeah, at least the Hawks can go home. Be, be be done with that. Grizzlies and Timberwolves. I don't really care. I don't really care who's. Once again, I wished for two things, and they both happened early on. LeBron James didn't even get to participate in the playoffs, and the Brooklyn Nets not only lost but they got swept in the first round. So for me, right now. You're good. I'm good. The play the playoffs are over. We're done. So, yes. So I will. Uh, we'll be watching the NFL draft. I'm sure we'll be talking on Thursday night, and we'll definitely uh, at some point after the draft get together and put something else back out there. But uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I was thoroughly impressed with your with your uh, with your picks and your uh, your analysis. It was very impressive. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I try. Yeah. Yeah, well, keep trying. You're doing. You're doing all right. I think I'm doing very well. I think so too. All right, all right, everybody. So uh, enjoy the show. Watch the draft. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, check out Sports on the Brain on Twitter, which is now owned by Elon Musk. But that's another show. Um, and uh, yeah, hit us up, and we will talk to you after the draft. And uh, go big blue. J E T S Jets 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 all day long. That was good. I know. I know. I'll talk to you later, man. <laughs> all right. All right, bye. The next great holiday on the sports calendar is finally here. The NFL draft, baby. Let me know what you thought about me and Tune These Picks. I'd like to hear about your picks. So hit me up in the Twitterverse. Goodbye, Brooklyn Nets. Hello, National Football League. And let's go Mets. I'll see you guys soon. Strap in. And let us get it on.